Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hello, hello. We are back. Um, yesterday's podcast has resulted in, as I expected, a lot of interesting emails and um, off-show communications. And I appreciate all of you that have been emailing me and asking me questions and clarifications. And a couple of you have pointed out um, some things that I needed to be clearer about from yesterday's show. And I appreciate that. Um, Julie, are you back on? I think so. We'll be back on. Yes, you are. So welcome back. Okay. Uh, so okay. Thank you. today is part two from where we were talking yesterday, and I'm going to share with you uh, some of the things that people were saying. Most I didn't get any real nasty emails or anything. Mostly people uh, trying to clarify or trying to further understand points. So what we're going to do is we're going to knock out the next, I think, five or six points, hopefully today, of uh, the notes I took while talking with Gary Keller a couple weekends ago. And if you want to catch up, make sure you listen to yesterday's show first. And, um, yeah, this is certainly not a bashing Keller Williams uh, session or a bashing or even a big, you know, let's celebrate Keller Williams thing. This is nothing like that. This is just a – these are my notes from a conversation I had with um, one of the people who I see as being the most influential in real estate, certainly in our careers. And a lot of the things that he said – are, well, everything he said should be listened to because people like that, Gary, and people at that level are the ones that essentially set the direction for the industry ultimately, or at least they're part of setting the direction for the industry. So when somebody like that speaks, you need to pay attention. So the next points that we're going to go through today are the points where we got a little bit astray from talking about just uh, the technology, which was where I enjoyed the conversation the most because it was a little bit less of a you know, Tim taking notes and more of an actual conversation. But before we get to our next points, Julie, do you have anything, uh, anyone specific you'd like to recognize? I know we've been getting a lot of uh, emails yes. and new members joining and people coming off spring break. And <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and there's still spring breaks going on, so uh, it seems perpetual right now. Uh, just a quick shout-out to Shelly in Dallas, who is a newer agent, and, uh, you know, kind of an example of someone who – is getting really good at generating leads, and now we've had a lot of discussion about drilling down with good questioning and pre-qualification scripts and appointment setting. So I see this a lot with new agents is that they get into building relationships and building rapport and meeting a lot of new people, and that's new and that's exciting, but you've got to go for the appointment next. So I just wanted to use her as an example of somebody who is taking action and getting ready to spring into the next level. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, we did the podcast about how to stop being a part-time dabbler and get into real estate full-time. I'm talking to some of you guys who are listening with that, with regards to that. Yes, I want you to build good relationships, but they're not really what we're going for. We want to do the next step also and get you into profitability. So Shelly is well on her way, and I wanted to give her a quick shout-out just because I know she's listening. So back to you. So a lot of you are requesting free coaching calls with our new member coaches. If you've not listened to – or I'm sorry, if you've not had your free coaching call yet, please request your free coaching call. It's super simple. All you've got to do is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. 
And when you do, uh, when you do that, not only are you going to be entitled to a free coaching call, but we're also going to give you six free books, including Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate and the Real Estate Treasure Map. It's a time of year where we pick up a lot of new listeners because a lot of agents are coming out of their long winter slumbers um, and rejoining us in the real estate industry. So I'm going to read an email, or part of an email anyway, from someone named Ron. He didn't give me permission to use his full name. At least, Ron, I know you're listening. If you did, I didn't get the email, um, but I'm, I'm going to just use your first name anyway. So here's what he said. I, Tim, I just listened to your, uh, to your coaching call. I think he meant podcast. As the interpretation of what you heard in a conversation with Gary Keller, and I want to offer uh, a clarification. The KW philosophy has been to allow the broker to be the brand, not Keller Williams. This is why KW does not advertise like others do. Um, I think you misinterpret what you heard him say. While I personally share your concern, my radar is up regarding possibility that KW could own the leads, I have the very same concern regarding all CRM uh, software programs, particularly when they're owned by any kind of brokerage like KW Command uh, would be. That's why I'm using CRM that's developed by a lender, and even that troubles me a bit. It's okay for now. I'm personally struggling as to whether or not to switch the new KW CRM or not. But having said that, I must reiterate that KW philosophy has always been about agent broker to be the brand using the KW brand as required by law only. So with that in mind, I created my own logo. And Ron, I have to say the logo kicks ass. I love it. And when I use the above, I also use more uh, subservient KW logo at the same piece uh, to be in my signage, mailers, etc. And here's the sign off. Uh, glad, to hear, uh, glad to have a discussion with you about this, Tim, but I fear your podcast has been overly dramatic, overly dramatic, me, tone as in, watch out, folks, <laughs> Tim, KW is trying to screw you. If you know something I don't, let's compare notes and chat. Now, see, I respect Ron's email because here he is making his point, and he's doing it in a very neutral way because he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm proud of the brand I'm associated with, but at the same time, I'm not a, I'm not a Kool-Aid drinker to the point where I'm not going to be objective. I respect somebody like that, and I received several other emails like that. So, Ron, I'm going to address this personally. I'm going to address this now. So here's the thing. The app that KW is going to is trying to get all of you guys to use for all of your 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 clients. They're trying to get you to essentially infect the world, right, with this app. And I do think and I do believe um and just being very clear from a corporate perspective, Gary Keller's vision for this app is pretty badass, okay? No doubt. The idea, the concept behind it is pretty badass, and, I, and, and he sold to me as a consumer why I'd want to have it. <laughs> he did. Okay. Now, as an agent, and I'm being clear with all of you, I would not want to have it, and here's why. Um, and if you know, got, someone wants to send me a more in-depth email with what I'm about to say, and we can debate it, I'd love to. So, Ron, here's the deal, and everyone who's, else who sent me similar emails to this, you don't control – whether or not that app stays on that person's phone after you leave or where to go to a different brokerage. So after that app has been loaded on their iPhone, that AI-controlled app is still nurturing, controlling, commenting, creating relationships with that consumer that you introduced the app to. So you could take your data with you, because I had another email from somebody else that said they're thinking about joining KW. We're smart enough to be concerned about who controls the data. And the broker said, well, you take your data with you. KW doesn't control your data. You do physically take your data with you, but they have it as well. And, and you know what? Legally, they're entitled to uh, to keep that information. They're entitled to even the old, like even before Julie and I were in real estate, when you go to a broker, the broker would just give you a stack of files from the you know agents who you know, are no longer at the brokerage. So, boom, here's their old centers of influence and past client files. Go after them. I mean, this is all kind of – you guys all know this, I'm sure. 
But what this app does is something on a different level. It's, you, you, as soon as you introduce someone to this app, the relationship they have is then with the app, which means it's with Keller Williams. So it makes sense to me. Now, this is not what he said, Gary said to me, but it makes sense to me from a business perspective, that's what you'd want to do. But then what happens when that app generates, what happens when that person who you introduced to the app, yes, I realize it's your own agent branded app, but what happens when you introduce that, you introduce that, you know, Tim and Julie Harris to the app, they both have it on their phones, you decide to go to EXP Realty or wherever, and now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, I say, you know, Julie and I say, well, let's move. We go to our app, and we trigger a conversation with the app, or the app somehow, the artificial intelligence somehow knows we are thinking about selling, which, you know, could entirely be possible. Then where does that lead go? Remember, you're no longer at Keller Williams, Mr. Agent Ron, who introduced someone to the app. So where does that lead go? Where does it go? I can only surmise that it's going to be referred to the referred to an agent inside Keller Williams. I can only assume that that lead, unless that lead had the, was smart enough to call you directly, or more importantly, as we coach at our program, for you to call that lead uh, directly on a regular basis. Unless you have proactively tried to stay in front of that customer, they're going to go wherever that app tells them to go, and they're going to ref- that essentially because you're no longer associated with that brand. That app is then going to probably end up. That lead is going to somehow end up in some sort of lead, uh, you know, selling pool in essence, and then that lead's going to go to whoever um, is in the system that's going to buy the lead. Some version of how it used to be in the 1960s and 70s. They drop a bunch of files in front of you and say, "Start calling." That kind of deal. This is just done digitally. So hopefully that all makes sense. Julie, did I explain that sufficiently? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, and it's not just the KW thing. It's just in general <clears throat> how that works and how it's always worked. You are correct about that. So, and yes, I think now I he did talk also, yeah, he talked about the branding thing too, and um, so here's my real philosophy about – here's the real bottom line truth, and anyone who's been in the business long enough knows this, and, and brokerages, you know, just cover your ears right now. Cover your ears, <laughs> okay? At the end of the day – Consumers do business with agents, but the vision of the future that these technologists have is that they're going to have the relationship with the brand, i.e. Keller Williams, i.e. Zillow, i.e. whatever your iBuyer type widget is. They're going to do their best to use a Brad Inman term from the 1990s, disintermediate you. They're going to do their best to take you out of the middle. That is what the vision of the future that all these technologists have. Gary's is the least threatening to the existing uh, you know, system, but it's still not the same. It still puts you in the middle. It still makes you being the person that says, do you want fries with that? Don't kid yourself. That is the functionary role that you'd all have in these transactions just because there's license laws in place that would require you to be there. And if there weren't, I sh- you can pretty much be guaranteed that you would be dealt out of the, you know, out of the game. Of course, that's what's going to happen. So yes, the branding, as it's wor- as it you know, for what it's worth, which is dubious, by the way, the branding that an age a personal agent has or an agent has is only as valuable as how frequently and how effectively they stay in contact with their centers of influence and past clients and their and their you know their, the relationships they form in the community, and that and those types of relationships, technology will never replace. So Ron and everybody else, if you want to know how to basically beat these technologists ultimately they can you can have all you know a consumer can have all the apps and all the widgets and wadgets on their phones as they want to but if they have a personal relationship with someone who's you know proactively 
reinforcing that relationship, that agent is going to get that business every single damn time. But what's happening in the industry is agents are being lazy. They're being raised in the industry to be lazy and to be dependent on all this technology, doing all the real work for them. Those agents are screwed. Those agents are going to be the ones that have to buy leads everywhere. And look, buying leads is anytime you pay a referral fee, though an agent-to-agent referral is obviously something that's completely different than saying buying a bunch of buyer leads from Zillow. Completely different. But be clear about that. Your brand is as only good as you are uh, at proactively working it. Passive brand building is dubious. Brokerage, brokerages, as far as the brand that they have in this day and age, if you go to if you're any sort of volume closer, if you sell any like Julie and I did when we sold real estate, you know, we worked for Remax for ten years, basically. Um and then I tell you that we did when you went to a closing and we would have you know, we did really well in real estate and we would have a little survey that we would give to the sellers afterwards. And the survey basically we would give to the sellers, and they would essentially evaluate our services, what we did. You know, there were like no, there were a lot of questions, like ten questions, um, and one of them was, "What was the brand we are associated with?" And they were given like five choices, and they never, they barely got, very rarely got it right, because when someone engages to doing, starts doing business with you, even beforehand, they don't really care what the real estate brokerage brand is. They're not really focused on that. They're doing business with the individual, the technologists. You guys understanding what I'm saying? I know you do. If you've been in the real estate game for any amount of time, you know that people do business with you. They don't care what brokerage you're with. There are exceptions, obviously, if you're in the really upper-end realm of real estate. But for the most part, consumers don't pay attention to the brand. They pay attention to the individual agent. That's the reason Compass was so willing, not doing it anymore, to spend so much money, or at least you know, the, the financial transactions that were – you know. A lot, making agents believe they're earning a lot of money. Let's just leave it at that. In essence, the Compass deals were uh, making Compass commit to a certain uh, amount of budgeting for the sake of the agents doing their marketing. Anyway, long story short, that's the reason that Compass was so willing to spend so much money on individual agents because they realized those individual agents are the ones that controlled the marketplace. That control of the marketplace is going to stay relevant provided that the agents in those marketplaces and those of you listening stay pro- focused on proactive uh, prospecting, proactive lead generation, actively staying in front of your customers. And uh, digital ain't going to do it. Direct mail is not going to do it. Instagram pictures, those, all those little easy, fun things, they, they have to reinforce the real work. They're not the real work. So I want all of you to be very clear about that. All right, I'm going to get back to my points. Any thoughts before I do, Julie, as I take another slug well, of coffee? I mean, <laughs> just so that they're extra clear on that, to bring it home, most of the time when you guys lose a listing that you thought you had, it's because somebody had that earlier, stronger relationship than you did. Your relationship might be fine, and it also might be a colder lead, but when you have you know, that what kind of moment, the Scooby-Doo, huh, how'd that happen? It's because somebody was better at exactly what Tim was just talking about than you were. So be careful, my passive listeners, to throw everyone in their CRM and pray to the real estate gods. does not actually work that way. So back to you and your points. That was the only time that we would really get beat when we'd go on listing presentations and when someone had outbonded them, outbonded with us. They had some personal relationship. We never got beat when it was a, uh, you know, mono mono fist fight for a listing. Never, ever. Didn't happen. 
because what we offered, and this is the same exact content that we give you guys as far as our premier coaching program, the pre-listing pack. The, 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 some of you think I'm just being uh, braggadocious right now, and I'm not. The, the fact is, is we were on li- listing presentations, we were very lethal. The only time we would lose is if the agent we were competing against had like was the daughter was their daughter's Girl Scout leader or swim coach or some kind of you know that type of relationship connection. But that ultimately, that ultimately is an indication of what I'm saying is being very true. So if you want to win long-term in this business, you're going to have to learn sales skills. You're going to have to learn how to go out there and compete. But at the same time, you've got to remember that your, your brand is only as strong as your last contact with that person. You can mail them postcards. You can mail them all kinds of things digitally. You can do all, drop off pumpkin pies. You can do all this you know, fluffy stuff. But it's only as good as your last conversation with that person. Because there's other agents who are also trying to bond and brand with those people that aren't going to call them or are going to call them, and people will do business with the person who calls them. Calling, if you want to know what the new leading-edge tech is, it's called communication using your voice. Radical. (laughs) Some of you you have never heard of that before, but it's called talking to people. That's the new cutting-edge thing. That's the thing everyone's going to be talking about. I digress. I, I quickly yeah. digress. All right, next point. Next point. <laughs> happens. All right. Okay. Point number four. Um, yesterday's point, which the last point was essentially, is be careful whose AI you choose to associate with because the AI's design is to keep the relationship. Point number four. KWAI will control the conversation on an ongoing basis with the client, not the agent. We already talked about that. Point number five. KWIA will monitor the constant uh, the uh, customer's use of the app, home searches, notification about home maintenance, um, and we talked about that too, so I'm not going to drill down on that point anymore. Now we're going to get to the fun stuff. Um, uh, point number six, the flood of CEOs and, and all their lieutenants being fired will continue. Old, this is a very interesting point I thought Gary made. The funny thing about this point was he made this point um, <laughs> basically the same week that he fired his CEO, but he his uh, actually said that, that the firing of – executives in real estate companies was going to be a big story. And, and, and it was like two weeks later, it was a big story. And you're going to see more of these people getting fired uh, or resigning. You know how that goes. The flood of CEOs being fired will continue. Old ways of thinking being replaced with new ways. Expect major shakeups at, at every brokerage. The change in the market will be blamed. But the truth is that, all, uh, that the folks leading the brokerages aren't tech people, and now they'll be fired and replaced. And that's um, that was, a, again, I think that makes sense. But it's also showing it really does indicate that the the way that brokerages thought about being in the brokerage business, and the last point I'm hoping to get to today is the explanation, uh, Mark, at the end of the sentence that really I think makes the whole point of why these things that he was saying are so urgent because other people are obviously thinking the same ways at all these other companies. All right, so next point, all brokerage USPs to agents are so similar, they have become the same. Uh, tech offerings will be the differentiator for agents. So what that means essentially is when you're comparing brokerages, and I've had so many conversations with all of you about choosing a brokerage, it's just, you know, you, it's ridiculous. All brokerages basically, there are some exceptions. I'm going to give you the ones I think. I think, honestly, I think what EXP is doing tech-wise really is the leading edge for technology in the real estate space. I think some of the the now with that said, I think some of the services that are offered by like uh, Compass and other companies, as far as uh, services to agents, as far as marketing, that's pretty badass too. But really, at the end of the day, all of that stuff is fungible to a certain extent. 
And fungible means easily replaced in essence. And so what you're looking at is brokerages offering the exact same thing to the exact to agents. That's the reason that uh, brokerages can't compete other than off commission. Because and that's again, you look at the margins that most brokerages are making. It's terrible, less than three percent. And falling. Some big brokerages make less than 2%. Some of the greatest brokerages in our country are losing money like Douglas Elliman. And there will be a lot of others too. Well, I'll tell you something which is kind of shocking is EXP came out with their earnings yesterday. And everyone was expected that they would lose like 10 or 15 or something like that percent for the quarter. And they're up like by 220%, something insane. Well, so there, there's a good indication, maybe a, a direction that you might want to look into if you're an agent. So here's the thing, thinking about this. Why is it that these people are being fired? Because the way that they think about real estate, the way they think about brokerage, the way they think about the relationship that they have as a leader in a company with the agent and the agent has with the consumer, that is what's fundamentally changing. And that's what you need to get clear in your head about. And um, this last point I'm hurriedly, hurriedly getting to because it really, like I said, it's the one I think really – I was kind of shocked by what Gary said. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to make it now. So Gary told me this, and this is what I think a lot of you guys will be a little bit pissed off about me saying, but he did say this. Gary said, in essence, the KW is in the consumer business, not in the agent business. Now, that is the exact opposite of what's been said for years. So Keller Williams is in the consumer business, not the agent business. For the last, what, 20 years, all these big brokerages have been saying they're in their agent business, and the agent is in the consumer business. Or I'm sorry, you know, it's essentially in the housing business. So you get the difference there. I'm going to say this again. The, the way it's been going on for the last 20 years in brokerages is brokerages would say, franchises would say, we are in the agent business in essence. And the agents were in the housing business. Okay, don't get, you know, don't get tripped up on semantics. So what Gary said to me, and again, from a business perspective, obviously I, I, it's brilliant what he's saying because it only makes sense. But if you as a brokerage want to stay in the real estate business, you have to get in the consumer business. But what that does as an agent is it makes it so that the brokerage or the franchise is no, no longer primarily focused on what's best for you. And the only thing you can hope for as an agent in this new paradigm, the only thing you can hope for is by having the brokerage or the brand or the franchise focus on the customer that that's going to benefit you too. And I think it's too soon to tell, honestly. Julie, what do you think about that? I think it's too soon to tell, too. And I think that these things generally take longer to play out than everybody thinks. You know, there's the splash of the idea, and then there's the actual execution of it, and they never go simultaneously. So, yeah, I think you've got to take care of your own database, your own clients, your own relationships. I think AI will be interesting to see how it can assist the agent. I think that the smart move is to use the saying, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Take care of your own business first, and then look at the rest as a support structure and just see how it goes. I mean, you have to protect yourself. What is it, the, you put on your own oxygen mask first? Well, so the AI ultimately is being told, that we're, be, we're being led to believe that the AI is going to be developed to be in support of agents, but I don't think that's true. I, I think, think the, the money is going to take agents, right? Or you know, well, not just road. not. You can't replace agents in the sense that travel agents were replaced because of license laws, right? But you can minimize what an agent does. 
And if you think about a real estate transaction in three parts, there's the lead generation and, and cultivation, if you will. There's the actual, you know, doing the transaction, and then there's the closing of the transaction. And if you have somebody else that's generating the lead, in essence, somebody who's cultivating the relationship, and if you have another somebody who's closing the transaction and taking care of all those details, the, the value that an agent brings to the transaction is going to get smooshed. It's going to get reduced, and everyone sees that. And they're going, and that's where the, that's what technology is going to do. It's going to do its best to minimize um, what an agent does. Now, agents think that they're going to be able to uh, do battle inside these new worlds. It, when you join a brokerage, and all of a sudden the brokerage is getting you to use their AI-empowered systems, and the AI-empowered systems have the relationship to the customers. The AI-empowered systems are giving them all the information they they need and want. And that where someone has a question about real estate or a particular neighborhood issue. Then they're going to go to the you know the 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 app in essence to have the question asked and not you. It's going to be very difficult for you to have a relationship with that customer because the technology has minimized your ability to influence that customer, and that's what's going to happen. It already is happening, right? And this is what the this ultimately, if you're not paying attention to this agents, if you're not aligning yourself with companies who acknowledge themselves to be in the agent business then you're going to have a problem because they're telling you with the moves that they're making how they see their relationship with you going forward. Do you understand the difference? Am I being clear enough? Um, all right, so I'm going to go through these last points. I did these out of order. Okay, KW app and your contacts are KWs. I have made this point. You leave the relationship, the leads stay with KW. KW owns the data. Um, and this, this, this last point um, was – is, is very interesting to me. This is point number nine. Remember, I did these out of order. So I asked – Julie and I, based, we met Gary originally when we were behind stage. It was uh, Howard Britton. It was Dave Linegar. It was Gary Keller, and it was Julie and I. And I think we were in Ohio. I don't remember. And um, it was a speaking thing, and um, you know, we, we were introduced to them. This was right about the time that you know, Julie and I had broken all national records for having sold over 100 homes our first year, individual single-family homes. This wasn't a subdivision. This is, no, this is straight up you know, Julie and I working our butts off. Um, so we did that our first year. When we were in our early 20s, broke all records. I don't think anyone's ever broken that record since. You know, and we were on Remax introduced was taking us around to different brokerages and you know those types of things. So it was, it was fun. So that's when we originally met him. And what's happened in that intervening in those intervening years is obviously the world's really pivoted, right? Everything's changed. So what has Gary wrote his book, the Red Book, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent, based on. What he learned from Howard Britton stars, and I talked to him about that, and he said, "Yep, that's right. You know, that was it. The book, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent, all the things that they talk about were the things that we, were, Julie and I, were Howard Britton stars. Were the conversations, and the and the systems and things that were being formed um, with Howard Britton. Again, you guys don't know who he is. He's passed away, but these were the high level conversations, that essentially, that led to the Millionaire Real Estate Agent." The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, that book when it came out, which is still one of the best sellers on Amazon, that book was, I think, at the time, a great, uh, essentially, book to follow. It was a wonderful path for an agent to follow. Obviously, Harris Rules in, has, has given agents a clearer path to follow, at least based on the feedback on Amazon. Now, Gary's written a lot of subsequent books that are excellent. I'm just saying the Millionaire Real Estate Agent in particular. What happened was I asked him, I said, Gary, how is it that you are okay 
with having agents form these big teams and expansion teams with virtually no net profit. And, and this is something that if you listen to our podcast for any amount of time, you know Julie and I are constantly rallying against that because it is the death knell for agents as soon as the market changes. We've seen it happen time and time before. And I said, I asked him, I said, Gary, they use these are mostly Keller Williams agents. They uh, are doing this essentially bastardization of the MRE, and no one seems to be calling them out about you know the lack of profit. No one needs to be. No one seems to be having any. When you listen to these folks talk about these big teams, they don't talk about profit. They talk about units. They talk about gross revenue. They don't talk about how much money they're actually making. Generally speaking, if someone's not going to talk about something, it's because they're not too proud of what they're not willing to talk about. And I asked them, so why is it that you're not saying something about the fact that agents are building such unprofitable business models um, that maybe were based on what was a profitable business model? Because Gary in MRE, he talked about, you know, big margins, he talked about you know, leading with profit, all the things that build for a solid real estate business foundation. And uh, he said that they stopped, you know, basically agents started doing their own thing and stopped listening to him. And or they, he said they started listening to each other is what he told me. And you know what? I totally understood what he, what he meant because that, I think that, was a, that definitely is what's happening. Agents basically started believing in these big team models and started reinforcing it to each other. But then what they did is they didn't, they didn't know to ask each other the tough questions about profitability. So, and I do believe that Gary probably has publicly said things, even privately said things to different people about building uh, big, crazy teams. I've heard him – I've heard from other people – him go up to people at Keller Williams and say, you have how many buyer agents? And just sort of like, you know, it doesn't make any sense. How can you possibly be making any money? You're not making any money. Does no one look at your profit and loss statement? I mean, so from a business perspective, why would, uh, why are these agents doing it? It's, there's no business perspective. They're doing it for ego's sake. And he seemed to know that. So what could he do about that? Nothing really. Could he be more public about it? Yes. But why would he not be more public about it? Because when you form a team, you as an agent are all of a sudden in the recruiting business. You're going to start recruiting agents. You're going to add more agents to the Keller Williams rosters. So ultimately, there's no sense in being overly vocal about whether or not a big team expansion model is that profitable um, because it serves your benefit. It serves, it serves your needs because you have now all these big these agents who are thinking that their mission in real estate, they think that their product is more units or they think their product is – they talk about culture. They love to you know, ramble on about how they take care of their people, even though their people are going to leave as soon as they have enough skill set, they don't need them anymore. That's what happens to these teams. That's the reason most of these teams don't last. They're not designed to last. Your product and your any business, guys, is profit. And if you're not leading with profit as your main primary aim, you're not going to have anything to show for all your efforts. A bunch of awards, yeah. I mean, you might even get on a stage, but you're not going to have enough assets to really have, you know, you'll have wasted years and years of your life chasing these big numbers just for the sake of ego. And again, I know some of you are going to find that offensive, and I apologize if you find it offensive, but I ask you this one question before you, you know, fire off a nasty email to me. If you could earn a million dollars in commission as an individual practitioner, which in some markets you can as an individual practitioner, maybe you have two or three uh, assistants, and you can make from that, say, 750 or 800000 why would you try to form a big team than to sell, say, $10 million uh, and, you know, I'm talking commission here, and commission to net the same thing. You can scale this back. You know, I've had thousands of conversations with agents 
who basically have two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollars. That's what they make uh, per year, and maybe they, their gross revenue is maybe four hundred or three hundred seventy-five. Well, what most agents don't realize is that most uh, teams who have a GCI of say one point three, the team leaders aren't even netting that. They're netting less than what that individual agent is that's just selling that has maybe one, maybe one and a half assistants. So nobody's telling you guys this, but these are the these are the facts. And, it, and after five years, who do you think's richer? The agent with the small team that nobody talks about, that's never on stage, or the big one that walks around with their name on every billboard in town? They spend all their profit just to do more units because they're being dri- their North Star is not net worth, is not being rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. Their North Star is something else. It's ego. So that part of the conversation I thought was very interesting because, you know <laughs> – the, result, the reality was is his thinking with regards to how to how to build a successful real estate practice was in perfect alignment with ours. And I was actually I, – I love the fact that he was still thinking like that even after uh, a couple decades. But the reality of it is, is Kel, Keller Williams is a tech company. And all these other companies are a tech company. You are not their customer anymore, Mr. Podcast Listener. You are not their customer anymore. Your, these big brokerages do not see you as who they serve. Do you understand what that's going to do to your relationship with them? Think about that for a second. They see the customer as their customer, right? They see buyers and sellers as their customer. That puts you in a, a non-advantageous position. They are going to form the relationship with the buyer and seller. They are going to foster that relationship long term. They are going to give that uh, buyer or seller reasons to stay loyal to the tech company brand. You can't compete with that unless you don't. Unless you basically are going to be very proactive about it. Which is, by the way, what we teach you in our coaching program. And those of you who've been listening to us for a long period of time, those of you who've been, you know, our coaching members, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We teach you how to always be the first person that people think of when they think of real estate. And that's your, who your competitor is. Your competitor is the tech company that uh, essentially some you know, well-meaning agent introduced uh, that customer to. Who That agent's probably not even in the business anymore. So you need to expand your thinking, and you need to see the direction that the industry is going, and you need to realize, like never before, and this is what's, uh, I think, very encouraging in my mind before relationships were the things that decided or the also ultimate uh you know those were what predicated whether you were going to be successful or not now it's going to be skill set so the way you win in this new market is you have to be better than the competition because when the competition is being controlled by an app or a software company or you know an iBuyer company that agent is not going to be as probably as skilled as you. And so when that customer meets you, when that buyer or seller meets you, they have to know that you're going to that you are an absolute expert and that other person is merely do you want fries with that? Do you understand the difference listeners? Do you see the direction that I need all of you to go to be relevant because this tech is going to flow into our industry incredibly fast. Um Obviously, Keller Williams is leading. I think Keller Williams has definitely got the advantage with regards to these apps. I told you I'm very clear about what our opinion is. Is how you know basically, if I were an agent, I would not align myself with how I understand the app to work. 
I would not align myself with anything that was going to try to dominate my relationship with my buyers or sellers. That makes no sense to me. That is insane to me. I think it's insane to a lot of you too. So be, be weary of it. Now, if I'm understanding this incorrectly, and here's what would have to happen for me to believe I was understanding it incorrectly. If I'm the Keller Williams agent, and I introduce my database of you know 1,000 people or whatever to the app, and let's say 500 of them start using it, and I decided I want to join another brokerage, does all of a sudden that app stop working on their phones? <laughs> it's a joke, right? You know the answer is, of course, it's, it, it's going to still work. It's not like Keller Williams is going to say, well, okay, since you know, you know, Tim and Julie are no longer with Keller Williams, we're going to shut off the apps to all the people that they've introduced us. Hell no, they're going to keep those relationships. Do you guys not see that? That's what's going to happen. That is what's happening. You're going to lose the one thing that is the most valuable, which is your relationship with people. They're going to take it. And then they're going to then take your leads that you've you know, funneled into that system from all your open houses, all your own you know, proactive lead generation, everything you've ever done. All those leads, once you, you know, are no longer associated with whatever particular, you know, that particular brand, what's going to happen with those leads? When that person raises their hand and says, I'm interested in buying or selling, that lead's going to go to somebody else probably referred off to another agent. And see, what's happened is agents have gotten so uh, dependent on buying leads in one form or another that they think that's normal. Most listeners to this podcast have no clue that if you want to be you know, longstanding in this business, you have to learn how to be a proactive lead generator. Most of you don't do that. You have no idea that it's not normal to buy leads you think it's normal to just essentially wait around for somebody to send you something. You don't realize you have to get off your ass and go get it yourself. You do now. So listen, the next natural step for all of you to do is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. When you do, you're going to be entitled to a free coaching call. We're also going to give you six free books. If you guys want to discuss this offline, you can email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In the meantime, guys, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows, and until next time, Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.